This episode of According to Flint is brought to you by the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, who is proud to bring the Western lifestyle and outdoor enthusiasts together for conservation projects, enhancing elk habitat, and ensuring the future of America's hunting heritage. Visit rmef.org for more information. Thanks for listening, and enjoy this episode of According to Flint. This, along with every episode of According to Flint, brought to you by Pendleton Whiskey. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, a whiskey that captures that unique spirit in every bottle. A whiskey made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood glacier water. A whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That is Pendleton whiskey, and that's true Western tradition. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Since 1973, the art of engraving brings to life the artistry that Montana silversmiths is known for and is fueled by a passion for the Western lifestyle. Montana silversmiths' buckles and jewelry are more than accessories. They are stories, stories of moments and memories shared through the giving, receiving, and earning of Montana silversmiths' buckles and jewelry. Celebrate what matters with Montana silversmiths. Welcome to uh, another episode of According to Flint, episode number 60, which we have just determined is the PRCA Clown of the Year episode. <laughs> and like happy to welcome the Pro Rodeo Clown of the Year, Comedy Act of the Year, NFR, National Violence Rodeo, Barrel Man, Coors Man in the Can. Name an award. <laughs> For some reason, this guy's won it, John Harrison. I'm joking. I'm joking, John. You won them all. So, I mean, just following your footsteps, trying to live up to you. Okay. So, I never corrected anybody while I was at the NFR, but I got to right. tell you something. I'm going to I'm gonna share this okay. with you. You won this year. You were the NFR barrel man. Clown of the year, comedy act of the year, and Coors Man in the Can. I never won comedy act of the year. No. Yeah. I thought so, you won all three. So, here's the deal. When I started going, when I started getting the NFR and winning Clown of the Year, Comedy Act of the Year wasn't a thing. It wasn't a thing, no. So the triple crown thing was NFR, Coors Man the Can, Clown of the Year. Clown of the Year. Yeah, and I'll tell you, the, the last year I was rodeo and the ballots came out and I was nominated for Comedy Act of the Year. They sent out new ballots, and I'll tell you why. I never on my PRCA card, never designated myself a contract act. I just, and I did that on purpose, actually. Because so. you didn't want, you didn't want to do acts or? No, well, no, I never, I always thought when, you know, to me, the contract act was the one-armed bandit or right. Tommy Lucia. The specialty act, yeah. Yeah, and so I just never did, and I thought, well, I've come this far, I'll just leave it. I'll just, I'm a rodeo clown. And so, anyway, uh, yeah, I never never designated. So tell me, I want to know, because I, and this has nothing to do with any of you guys winning it, but I want to know. How is Comedy Act of the Year defined? Is it a specific act? Is it, I don't I've never we, that. we will spend so in Vegas, those of you who don't know, we have a convention where we have our meetings and our, our banquets and all that. Well, we have convention where we sit down and we go to the clown barrel man meeting and then we have specialty act meeting. That question right there will take the entire hour of our meeting up. What is defines a specialty act versus a comedy act? So what happened was Keith Isley, who gave me that comedy act, the trick riding act that he won, uh, he started winning specialty act of the year with that act well some of the they started getting mad because now a clown who's winning clown of the year is now winning act of the year so they decided to split the two categories into dress act and comedy act so dress acts are your john Payne's, your tomas's your non-funny and then you bring in the comedy side which was the comedy trick riding and uh you know gizmo's ambulance act or whatever it is those are the those are the comedy sides so definition one wears makeup, one don't. So, so on the, basically when people vote for it, 
they're not they are voting for the person but is it designated a specific act it is but who actually votes like that so i'll i'll use an example i've been nominated for comedy act of the year with three different acts and put them out there but i know what people are still voting on they're voting on whichever act they think's the best or john harrison as his act is the comedy trick ride i mean they're not voting for the magic act or, or mystery Radio universe at the time they're still voting on which act which person does the best act i, I swear it's the person and whenever I, I would... they say comedy act of the year they don't they don't say your comedy trick rider act they're like your act of the year is john harrison so there was i i do remember a time it must have been when i was still going that they designated even at the awards banquet the actual act i remember yeah. that yeah well they still like on, even on the ballots when they come out now it'll say john harrison comedy trick ride and gizmo ambulance act like it, so you're supposed to be voting for the for the act so maybe maybe when i remember when i got nominated that that was humbling by the way when they sent out a new ballot and said you can't vote for flint ballot right Maybe it, I'm thinking mine, it was either the piano or the dance of the decades. That would have been my act. There you go. I would, I love the piano. I sing it in Red Bluff when I was there roaming and riding. And I, every time it comes time to do your act, I sneak up there and watch the piano act. I think it's great. <laughs> you know what? This is, uh, I remember when that was happening. So there was a time also, see, we're talking old times. What all of a sudden towards the end of when I was rodeo, so the early 2000s, uh, so I worked Reno one year, all 10 days. I was in the arena the whole time, but Troy Lurwell did his motorcycle jumping act. I went to Hermiston, Oregon, and Keith Isley did his trick riding act. So that's when that started is they were getting uh, contract act of the year. I never liked working with another client. I didn't, it didn't make sense to me that Troy Lurwell would just come out and do an act. It doesn't. Well, and it's happened to me too, because whenever I first, like when I go watch you at Red Bluff, I was Roman riding. And then I got into the, uh, the comedy side of it. I had a horse that would jump the car and rodeo Queens. They're great ambassadors to our sport, but there's some of them that give us, you know, give you some material, I guess you would say. <laughs> so so uh, I made this act about, you know, an oversized rodeo queen that can't ride and flirts with the announcer. And that act, they started hiring me to do that act at rodeos. And I'm not the clown. I was just a special act. So here I would show up and do a comedy act. It was awkward, you know. I agree. I, I think there's a tone, tone to be set. We develop a character. 100%. Through a rodeo. I remember when they first started doing a few real live TV nights at the NFR and said, can you come out and fill two and a half minutes? I said, that's hard to do. And they said, you do two and a half hours, two and a half minutes will be easy. Not at all. The opposite. No. Correct. Yes. 100%. In, uh, in, a, in a place too, that everybody is rodeo and every eye is judging you like that. one's very tough. Speaking of the NFR, as long as we're on that. You do a job. I even see it with the announcers, but especially us. You do a job a certain way all year. And you're voted to be the barrel man at the NFR based on the job you have done all year. You get to the NFR and they don't let you do your job the way you do it all year. It's an, it's an incredible honor. I have a buckle right here displayed because I'm proud of every one of those I got. Absolutely. Man, it, it, you wonder sometimes if it's doing you any good, if there's a, well, I've, I've had committees come to me and be like, we watched you at the NFR and you didn't do anything. And we're looking for somebody that's a little bit more interactive at the rodeo. And I'm like, Oh gosh, that's not the rodeo to judge me on. Yeah. It, I, 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 uh, I remember when I first started going, it, it was a, a Ted Kimsey or a Rudy Burns, one of the, that generation of guys that said getting voted to be the barrel man at the NFR really didn't do anything to help my career. So you hope that those rodeo committees and fans, especially you hope they understand that, but a lot of them don't. They don't. I see it on social media all the time is of why they take your microphone away. And I'm like, I never got one, you know? And then finally this year, when I paid the lady on to hit the transformer on Swanson street and shut the lights out, we got to do something. <laughs> so. 
uh, yeah, it, I've always thought that was interesting. Um, the NFR, because it's a stressful setting too, because oh, yeah, when, it is when, tough. this year. So we finally, I've been on, uh, Alan, it was great to work with. And I've been talking about using a microphone or like we had a microphone here in years. We don't plan on using one. So they're always worried about the time gaps of, of the clown going too long. And I'm like, let me do just some simple things like the Simba cam where you set it up. And when you're ready to get out of it, you just, you know, turn, turn away. So we did the Simba cam on that round six when the lights went out and everybody don't understand the lights going out in Vegas. Cause they're like, well, they turn them off 15 times a night. But the difference is these lights are shuttered. And so what people don't know what that means is that the lights never really go off. They just have like little flaps that go right. in front of them that make it dark in the arena. So they're halogen lights or whatever. So when they go off, truly, they have to cool down, which is a 15 minute process, you know? So I'd go out um, after the bear ride and I do the Simba cam, you know, full lights, all's good. Yeah, I know more. I yeah, 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 exactly. yeah. So I hold it, you know, do the deal. I get to the top of the tunnel and they get my microphone and it's gum. So then I go to the locker room and I see like this little flash. So lights went out and I'm like, what in the world happened? Well, in our locker room, which you've been in a hundred times, there's, it's just a TV and uh, you can still hear the announcers fine because it's the in-house feed. Well, I couldn't, I didn't know it was dark in the arena. So anyway, my wife actually calls me and is like, you need to go do something. I'm like, like what, why? And, you know? And so anyway, I take off running, the lights were out. And so we go back out there to, you know, do the wave and what not. And then it's bulldoggers uh, walk in. Anyway, I didn't know uh, what, like they were getting ready to start again. So then I would leave the arena it was just an awkward, but we finally got to actually interact and do something during the rodeo, which was great. Yeah, it is. Did, can I hear Carla right now? Yeah. Gosh. Hey, hey, but okay. I, I, I had on my little card, her name written at the bottom because your wife is a go, she's a go-getter, man. That she's lady, she Come does here. it all. She does it all. Get in here. Is she answering the questions for you? Is she like? I was. It was so with um with the NFR and the lights going out and him having to run to the arena. Of course, I, he again. I knew he didn't know because I I know his setup. So I called him. I was like, "Hey, uh, go do the wave. Go do something." Anyhow, I get off the phone and this lady sitting next to me. John goes out there. He's doing the wave, and this lady goes you are so insightful. And I was like, well, I knew, I knew I had a clown sitting down and I know in a general, like at a rodeo, when something goes wrong, they turn to y'all and that's what you guys are there for. You fill those times. And so when this goes on, I, I just thought it was such a good opportunity to show exactly why you have clowns at a rodeo. So you, Carla, now you're aware that you don't actually have the authority to make that call. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. But everyone that had the authority to make that call was too worried about something. <laughs> hey, but you are, you know, what's interesting is you're exactly right. Like I saw somebody, thank God John Harrison came out and da 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 da. And I'm thinking, yep, that we've all been to a rodeo. We, I, I cannot probably name a rodeo clown or rodeo person that hasn't been at a rodeo where the lights haven't gone out. Right. Or the ambulance left, or whatever, something happens. Yeah, something. You know, uh, you, uh, animal get out of line. You know, they have to go resort, or they build too many stairs. Yeah, I I don't know why they just didn't use the guy that dances in the aisles and peels t-shirts off. I don't know. I, I don't think he was for that ride. He was supposed to go one more event. <laughs> okay, <laughs> another topic. That that's a whole. Speaking of this. I've been outspoken publicly about yeah. different things. I am not a plant people in the crowd guy ever because I think it's funnier for one. If you're talented, you can pick them out anyway. I think it's there. You, I can spot a plant two miles away. Sean Davis, who produced the NFR forever, the general manager, he was big into planting girls dancing and, and I hated it. And I just have felt like, it, for people who don't know, if you're at the Wrangler National Files Rodeo, there's a big dude and he gets and dances down the aisle and peels T-shirts off. That guy's on Sports Center all the time. He's at like every NBA, Logan's nodding, every NBA game. 
there's people sitting in the locker room that make a living entertaining crowds all year, but they hire a guy to do that. It's frustrating to me. Oh, it is. You got Cody Sosby sitting in the stands who is a hilarious dancer and does great. Who could do the same thing probably, you know, and it, it is, it's frustrating. You got uh, tons of talent in the comedy side and, and the specialty act side of it that I'm not a dancer. And that's why I tell him, I said, don't expect me to get in. <laughs> and you, you set that up. I mean, everybody thinks that now because oh, Flint you're danced, a you're a clown, you dance. I'm like, I'm, I don't, I wish I could. I can't, I can't even clap along to a song. Like when the, when the, and the announcer's like, all right, everybody put your hands together. I usually have to look at the announcer and they start doing the, you know, give me the timing so I can go along. Yeah, exactly. Or I look to the stands and hope that the person that I'm clapping along with has rhythm. Yeah. <laughs> or you're just pointing to him. Yeah. 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 That's me. Yeah. I'm adjusting my barrel. <laughs> 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 hey, I saw that though. You know, it took years of, uh, be in there where then Sean Davis, when it was his idea, say, okay, come out and dance. And then when I didn't go, the next, next guy, it might've been Troy Lurwell. It might've been, you know, they're like, okay, come out and dance. Well, I didn't do that because it was what rodeo clowns do. I did it because that's all I've ever done. That's just what I do. It's yes. what I do. Well, and then I don't know what year was it whenever, was there a breakdown or a rewrite or what? And I can remember you doing the boneless chicken. And I think that was the first time that I seen it. And uh, I think it was Bob and Boyd was announcing. And I'm sitting there, I'm rolling. And like, you had to feel like truly two or three minutes. I th I'm thinking it was a rewrite. Did some guy walk down to the bottom of the uh, aisle and flip you off? Do you remember that? Yeah, guy? I remember that. <clears throat> he yeah. walked down and... Did something. He did something. And you're like, because I remember you saying something like he said he just told me I was number one or something. And I was like, oh, that was epic. But it was yeah. So you talk uh <clears throat> national finals rodeo, all these things. And we we mentioned awards, winning awards, clown of the year, comedy act of the year. <laughs> awards are a justification of what we do or um validation. Validation. Yeah. That's the word. But what's hard is we are. We're hired to do a show and entertain, but it's not our show. I've always found that hard to explain to people that balance in entertaining that it's not our show. We got to slide in and out and fit where we can. You know, what's funny. You say that uh, Larry, the cable guy came to Cody, Wyoming this year. And Boyd was like, Hey, come meet, come meet Larry. He's their buddies. Mm -hmm. And uh, so anyway, he was talking about the comedy side of it, how tough our job actually is. He says, cause like, for me, he goes, I get up there and I got them. He goes, I got them for an hour and I can just keep going. He goes, you start something. You got to stop. You got to shut up. They go do their thing. He said, and then you got to get that guy, boy, he's got to slow down, quit talking, let you in more. It was great. <laughs> like the timing of it, but uh, it was, you're right. I mean, you, the, you got to stop, you go, you stop and go. And then there's events where you don't like for bronc riding anymore. I might walk the fence. I don't say a word, you know, so there's not much, I mean, you know, it's, it's showcasing the Cowboys 100% and the horses and that, that matter, but the show, uh, Show's different than was, I think, 20, 20 years ago. We, entertainment's different. Rodeos are different. But we need to hold on to the tradition. Uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, my one example is, you have a buckle that says, Rodeo Clown of the Year. I think we should hold on to that title. I, I think we should be proud to be Rodeo Clowns. Uh, you know, I, the PBR changed it to entertainer because it's not a rodeo. So we were right. kind of locked. Now, all of a sudden, everybody, I'm your entertainer. If you're a rodeo clown, you're a rodeo clown. Be proud of that, right? Oh, yes, I agree. I, I don't mind. I mean, I'll fall down and be the, be the butt of the joke every time. I mean, like same way for announcers picking on me or whatever. I mean, like I might do it because I, I think people find the comedy in, in a, I guess, something that we do wrong if the announcer's on us, I mean, it should be fun. I should be able to banner back and forth with the announcer, and that's one of the things I like about uh, some of the announcers. I mean, every announcer is different. You have to work with every announcer uh, is 100% different in their style, and you have to learn to adapt to that show, that announcer, and everything. But uh, I think the banner back and forth with the announcer is 100%. I still jokes aren't really my forte. I'm not good at them. I usually screw them up. Uh, I screw up words in general. Like that's just kind of my thing. I went through. Uh, Gosh, you've ever worked radio for Charlie Lowry? No, I have not. 
great, great guy. Super Christian family from Georgia. And uh, my wife's actually sitting in a trailer. And this team, it's during the team rope, and this guy backs in the box. And uh, anyway, I start dancing, uh, saying, like, doing the areola, areola, areola. Can I interject? Yeah. So he, uh, I'm listening from the trailer, and my husband is yelling areola in the middle of the arena. And I got really sweaty, and I got nervous, and I called <clears throat> Ash Comfort, a fellow clown's wife. I said, is there any reason which you think our husbands should say areola in the, in the arena? And she's, Carla, I can't think of a reason why they would say that. So, okay, good. So, I mean, I'm just, I am nervous. John gets back to the trailer. I said, John, why were you yelling areola in the middle of the arena? And he said, well, that's the little mermaid. I was just talking, I was like, no, her name is Ariel. <laughs> so then he didn't know. That's in the, in, the, in the porn version of Little Mermaid, her name is Ariel. <laughs> We've had four children together and he didn't know. <laughs> Well, it's not a word I heard a lot in college. Okay. <laughs> but, and so, and he's just, he's a mess. He does that on, you know, on a Wednesday at home here in Hugo. He went to the cleaners and asked if they did altercations. And they're like, sir, we try not to do altercations. So. Well, you know, you're, oh my God, that's hilarious. Cause we have a running joke with me and Richard Jones, Brad Narducci, guys, you know, about we use wrong words on purpose. And like, John. John John, you're such a genuine guy. I depreciate everything you do because you have complete transparency. John, you didn't even know I screwed up like three words there. You didn't even know. I knew one. Because I'm not joking. Very simple. I love him to pieces, but if it sounds right, he's going to roll with it. I, I am going to. I, and I say stuff, it comes out wrong. Like I'll say it and I'll be like, you know, it is on the live mic. You say it sometimes, you're like, ooh, yeah, that is, I should have, you know, caught myself. So with Deadwood, Randy Crowley's announcing, and uh, this bull smokes the barrel. Like, I mean, we go rolling, you know. And so I'm trying to think of, you know, like if I come up, he's going to say, hey, are, are you okay or whatever? And I'll be like, man, hey, if I don't light your fire, your wood's wet or something. Well, anyway, uh, my hat got bent all down, and I come up, and Randy looks at me and says, he didn't ask if I was okay. He just goes, you look like Woody off a of Toy Story. And I looked down, I was like, well, my wood's wet. And I was just like, that came out. So wrong. And he goes, what'd you say? And was, and huh? main, main is that, guy. is it, is it? <laughs> <laughs> so I felt terrible. Carl's like, let's start the truck, kids. We just got fired. You know? And my friend turned to me. She said, did your husband just... Say his wood, what's that? <laughs> and then Randy said, ah, how about a big salute to John and his Woody? There, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, uh, I, uh, there's been a couple times I said little things, but people, if it's that obvious, people understand you're not trying to offend anybody. Uh, you want to know one of my, after I said it, I wondered if I should have, but it turned out to be real funny. I got one for you. If you're let's hear it. Let's hear it. Year, years ago, PBR World Finals, and Bo Derek used to come. You know, Bo Derek, the actress that was in the movie 10. Oh. Yes, I do. I was thinking baseball. <laughs> not, <laughs> not, not Bo Jackson. Not a big difference. So, <laughs> so, so Bo Derek is there. So we have a, I used to fill about four big commercial breaks every night at the world finals and I do the boneless chicken I'm flopping on the ground and right I'm laying on the ground and just interrupt Bob Feist well hey we're over here in the corner Bo Derek is here look at that and he was going to interview her and I'm in the middle of something and I just hop up and say, Bo Derek and Feisty's like well yeah I said Bo Derek that'll put a bone back in your chicken pretty fast yeah <laughs> And, uh, <clears throat> um, so I'm walking back to in front of where the TV booth was and Ty Murray was doing TV. He goes, he pulls off his headphones. He says, Hey, that's the funniest bleep I've ever heard you say in your life. <laughs> so I knew I was okay. <laughs> anyway, we all have those, but absolutely. You have those moments too. What do you do? Like, and I, 
I don't know. I have this, like, as far as you don't know whether to call attention to it, like, yes, I just screwed up. Like you're going in the stands and you're going to do something with somebody and like you go to step on the empty chair, but it's a folding one. Mm-hmm. And down you go. Down, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you um, play off or do you yeah. just be like, yeah, okay, I just fell. Like, um, like, I mean, it's just that awkward. Yeah. Oh, when I fell, where? Oh, I fell off the railing in Billings. Yeah. And Logan. Yeah. And Logan caught me. And another one was, uh, I was at Madison square garden and I crawled over in the, the hockey. I had some slick shoes on the hockey deals there. And I jumped down and hit the concrete and my feet. And I did the, I'm okay. I think <laughs> you got to do you, you, the, the comedy is to me, no matter what we do in the arena, like if I'm out there dancing and doing stuff, I gotta have that moment where I go, I'm a dumbass. You know, I mean, self-deprecation. I do that all the time. It, it, you have to do it, don't you? No matter. Exactly. It, You're the clown. You're exactly. Self-deprecation is so funny. And when you're, and I don't care if you're a clown or not a clown, but anyone that's willing to laugh at themselves is just a better person. And, you know. I blew my knee out in the arena doing rhythmic gymnastics. Making fun of rhythmic gymnastics. You've seen this Olympic. You've seen the Olympic outfit, the beautiful leotard. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm making fun, and I mean, I literally, I jump up and do a beautiful pirouette. Is that the right word? Mm -hmm. And I come down and like blow a knee (laughs) completely out. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty funny laying there trying to get help. Like, yeah, that's how we end the act. And and then people people think you're joking. Oh, he's fun. That was great. Just like falling off in the trick riding act. Carla says you can't really fall off when you're hanging off. But. He was running beside the horse and like technically to fall off, you'd have to be on it, but he just, he wintered well that year and he didn't keep up with the horse. And <laughs> the way the horse went. So I'm running beside, I got I got to hold the horse, you know, and running. And when I fall, like I full scorpion, I, my face went down, my feet come over the top. I had full makeup inside my hat. You could see everything I'm talking about biffed it hard. And people are like, you, I can't wait to see you do that tomorrow night. That was great. Mm. Yeah. And I've, I've been, uh, where Troy Lurwell blew a knee out on his motorcycle. He's broken ankles. My, you know, my big, you know, one of my biggest worries is see, I've had, it's been 13 years, but I had a heart attack. Yes. And, I, we remember that. Yeah, in shape, Flint had a heart attack. In shape, Flint had a heart I worry that in the arena, something's going to happen and everybody's going to think I'm joking. And I well, just, okay. <laughs> oh, look, he's, he's doing the boneless chicken again. Yeah. <laughs> Like Dwayne Riker, you've heard the story about Dwayne, which is ambulance act, and, and his wife Claudia is in there, and uh, the pyro's going off, but she can't get the door open. So wait, so she's in the ambulance, and there's pyro in the ambulance, right? Yeah, I guess the, the fire or something started, and so Dwayne was trying to get the door open, and he couldn't get the door open to the ambulance to help her, and it was full of smoke, and she's beating the side of it, you know, and everybody thinks she's just trying to, it's a joke to try to get out. And whatever the fire pyro was that got her, like, um, it melted. Like, it singed all of her hair to the side of her face. And, I mean, truly really bad, bad burns. But same kind of deal. Like, he was trying to call for help. And everybody's just watching the wreck happen. So. <laughs> that's not funny. I, but it's, it's not. But that's what you're talk, talking about. Yeah. Clown life's not good enough. Uh, we could. It's funny. And I don't do. I don't know that on this that I do enough of this where we talk about things that have happened to us. You know, and I, uh, when I was early in my career, I went up, uh, there used to be a really big spring rodeo in, in Calgary, the Rodeo Royal. Yep. And I went up and Greg Rumor was the bullfighter and I had him help me. I used to do a Moodomatic act. I don't know if you remember And I get in and I change into Elvis. Okay. <laughs> and they, they had me do an act before the rodeo started. Talk about put you in no way can you succeed. That sounds like a yeah, Betty Butler movie. No character. Yeah, it was because they, well, the crowd comes in a little late. We want, anyway. So what it did was I had the pants on underneath. I'd crawl in and peel down to the Elvis pants. And then the top I'd slide into, you know, it's clown stuff, you know, yeah. magic. magic. Well, Greg, Greg Rumor had taped the sleeves shut 
So he's standing there in front of it and he blows smoke and I'm kicking the door, which is hitting his shins. What's wrong? You can't do this. This is what I do. And uh, I'm like, man, I can't get the top on. This is going to fail. I'm like yelling at him out and he pokes in the door. He goes, dude, don't, bit, don't get stressed. Nobody's freaking watching you anyway. <laughs> but anyway, we all have those moments that somebody messes with. Anyway. Um, what, about, what about crazy fans? I don't know. You brought one up at the NFR. Uh, I don't know. You, you give me one. So uh, this was way back. I've just started clowning. Bob Thomas, we were in Joseph, Oregon. I don't know if you've ever been to Joseph. Beautiful, beautiful yeah. place. And so there was this gal that was dancing, having fun the entire night. Good looking blonde. And so anyway, of course, I go to her. She's dancing. They play the song. And I'm like, yeah, go, girl. Well, anyway, she wants my hat. And I wear a red hat, you know, that's pretty recognizable. And so she uh, was going to crawl over into the arena. And I was like, you can't do that. You know, you got to get back on the other side. So we're bucking bulls now. And she's standing on the fence screaming and hollering. She wants, wants my hat. And I'm at the bar. I'm like, no, you can't have my hat. This bra crawls over the fence. And during, they're like getting ready to buck a bull. So I'm like, what do I do? I have to run to the time event and to try to lead her away from the bull ride in action. So I take off running and she's chasing me. I'm like, you know, I look over my shoulders thinking she's kind of giving up Uh uh-uh, track star. Like she is on me. And I mean, I just, I'm like hauling butt to the other end of the arena and I truly run all the way. And I just take my hat and I throw it back into the stands where that now she's got to crawl back over the fence. And so she does, she's just there for the hat. She crawls right back over and goes back to her seat and she's all cheerleading and stuff. So I do the rest of the bull riding without a hat. So I am, and now the bull riding's ended. I walk back to the fence and I'm like, Hey, can I have my hat back? She's like, Mm-mm, it's my hat. And I was like, Hey, no, I really need a hat for like the rest of the weekend. This lady behind her reaches and grabs the hat and just like slings it over the fence to me. And uh, so I grab the hat. I leave the barrel in the arena and like I am running and she is back over the fence chasing me. And we start going down the alleyway and security just tackles her like crazy. You know, what's amazing is you fell in love with her and married her though. That's so (laughs) great, Carla. Carla, very great job. Lovely. Thank you. Uh, I've had, I've had. I've had four or five, two, three or four incidents of people jumping into the arena. And I've, I understand like uh, music rock stars and stuff when they're on stage and somebody comes on stage and they go do this, like they're scared. There's a reason. Cause you don't know, like they'll catch me off guard. It scares me. It does. It's crazy. And yeah, so right, back yeah. to this thing you were talking about earlier, like you're going to be in the arena, you're down there doing a bunch of chicken and everybody thinks you're just doing the chicken. They all thought it was either Carla or Nikki Kamart, the trick writer. Mm-hmm. They thought it was planned and staged. And so nobody was trying to stop her until finally they realized running down the alleyway that this, she's crazy. I was uh, at the look at us just sharing story. I like it. Um, <clears throat> I was doing the PBR in Pendleton, Oregon a few years ago. And it's in the Happy Canyon Arena. It's really small. And every year there, I'd sing. I wrote a Pendleton Roundup song, which is real popular there. So it became part of my being there. And in the middle of the song, some lady jumps into the arena. And that's a really, that the Pendleton Roundup song is a really meaningful part of my weekend when I'm singing it. And I'm like, guys, can somebody help me out? We thought it was part of the deal. I'm like, how long have I been here? Do I ever have anybody in the arena? I kind of turned into, damn it. Hey, Hey, but one last one and then we'll move on because you were, you were talking about people in the crowd and you've been to the Reno rodeo, which it's so good. Isn't it so good in Reno? It is so awesome. Some of the best fans in the world. And it's, it's just truly one of the best. I can't wait to go back. Yeah. Um, win. Well, me too. No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I'll never, I'll never forget the pickup men were Jeff Shearer and Shorty Gorham were picking up there. Yeah, Shorty, great pickup man. Anyway, uh, there was a court. There's a corner, and all those boxes in the front are different, like businesses. You, you know, right in the front, so people kind of know what I'm talking about. And in the corner. 
we were, we had the fans in a frenzy during the bull ride. Yeah. I mean, we were rolling and in this corner, there was this box of, and it had a whole bunch of really very attractive ladies in it. And they're going, come here, come here. And so finally I dive into this box and they won't let me out. Well, it was a, the business was a, they were dancers, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. It was a <laughs> exotic dancing. It was a strip joint. But, and they mugged me down and they're like trying to pull my shorts down. And I'm on my microphone, much like when people think it's part of the act, I'm asking for help. And everybody, <laughs> finally, Shorty and Shetland, Jeff Shear, come over on their horses and pull me out of this box. Like, you know, rodeo that, clown killed by 10 strippers. I can hear it now. His nightmare is every other man's dream. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Oh my gosh. So that well, was at probably. Friends, at least your friends pulled you out of the situation because some of them would have been like, push you back. Yeah, it was, uh, I said, leave the shorts alone. Leave the shorts alone. <laughs> Tracy always like, tie your shorts exactly <laughs> gotta tie your shorts every time yeah, yeah. um what uh what does your it, it used to be we used to talk in this business if you had work in the winter getting back to kind of the business side yeah. if you had work in the winter in the rodeo business you were doing really well like there's just not that much a lot more the times have changed because there's standalone bull riding events everywhere. There's PBRs, there's rodeos. So there's way more work in the winter than there used to be. Um, that is so Thank goodness. Is your, does your winter, because, you know, uh, at least up in Montana, rodeo is summer. That's it. Right. What do you do all winter? What do you do all winter? Are you swamped? Well, so what's great? Uh, we got the liquor store which is awesome in the wintertime because That's November, right. December, November, December, when, if you don't work the NFR, there's not a whole lot of checks in December. Yeah. So thank goodness uh, for getting to work the NFR, but the, the liquor store keeps us hopping until yesterday. And so now uh, I've got two, three weeks off and we'll start back. I'm going South. My family always makes fun of me this time of year because I try to book stuff in Florida. Meanwhile, we're calving and it's ice cold here. I mean, not as bad as y'all, but it's cold for yeah, us. <laughs> <laughs> he's sending pictures from florida and yeah but he stays busy we have the liquor store 23 rent houses and some commercial properties we're working on so yeah the the odessa's um isley's going to odessa this year and i've worked it for like two or three years and so i, I don't have any of the big winter rodeos like rump's rump's got the uh, i say the run like the denver and the san antonio and stuff like that so most of mine are the other smaller ones this there's lots of in south texas those little three-day indoor Bay city, Texas, stuff like that, that I go, go work. I don't really do any PBRs. Um, I never, uh, got into, to that side of it. Uh, it's mostly just all the PRCAs, but if I can stay in the South and stay warm, that's where I go. I did some of the world's toughest and that's kind of like y'all's weather. You right. fly to St. Paul and freeze to death in 20 yeah. degrees or, or you, know. I, you yeah, yeah, you kind of passed over a good point though. Uh, I don't know if people understand. I did work Denver as far as those big rodeo, the big winter building rodeos. There's Denver, there's Houston, there's Fort Worth, there's San Antonio. They're like 25 performances. I worked Denver, but I think your sanity holds together and the quality of the work holds together better. If you can fill in with real, like three day Florida has them, like you say, South Texas, those, I remember doing two and three performances a day and the whole mentality of entertainment completely changed for me. Well, it does. And you, I've worked Fort Worth before and you kind of catch yourself or I do anyway on the morning show, saving yourself for energy for the afternoon or the night show. So you're not giving them the full 100% package and, and it shouldn't be like that. You should be able to go give 100% every time. And I guess I, I really try to give 100%, but I catch myself being like, Hey, don't say that, save that for the bigger crowd at night or right. whatever. And, yeah. It just, I agree. I make the entertainers in Vegas. Like when we, we go to Cirque shows every year, and they're performing too at night. And I, I always think about that, you know, where, where their level of excitement for what they're doing is. It, I always said going to Denver was different. I felt like at 11 in the morning, I punched in. And at the end of the night, I punched out and I was there to do a job. And I didn't ever feel like, 
I felt like I do this job because I don't want to do that. 100%. You know, in the same way, I feel the same way with committees when it comes to promos. And, and promos, it's part of our job to go help sell tickets, go to the radio stations, do a TV spot, whatever it is. But there are some committees that will be like, hey, can you sign from Walmart from 11 to 3? And I'm like, <laughs> no, no. I'm going to be the grouchy clown and say, no, I'm not, yeah. I'm not going to Walmart. It's your prep time. It, it's my prep. I have a, I have a routine. Yeah, exactly. That's that. Hey, uh, I used to work a rodeo. I won't say which one it was, but we used to go in. They knew we were coming in early from the previous rodeo. So we'd have to do, we did four school assemblies a day for two days. Grade schools. We go to, and that was like their way of getting their money's worth out of us. I won't say which. I won't say which rodeo it was, but it was Lewiston, Idaho. Anyway, <laughs> and a wonderful, if whoever's watching there, wonderful rodeo. But finally, one of uh, the last years I went, I said, I won't be there all week because my daughter is starting kindergarten and I'm going to go home for a few days. So hopefully you'll understand. It is hard, but it part of this job is other things. And to me, it's a hard balance to do the things you, that are necessary and saying no. Cause I think saying no to that stuff is hard. Oh, it is hard because you know, that's, that's their one time a year. We do it every weekend, you know, and it's their one time a year and all week it's rodeo week for them. And they, they want to see you at every event, every parade, everything. And it just, but it wears you down to the point that it comes time for the perf and you feel like you've been on for six hours and you're kind of you as now it's the end of the day. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you've, we've each brought up a name a couple times here. And so for people watching that don't know, I think, you know, our job has evolved. The style of our jobs has evolved, but I think one of the great classic traditional rodeo clowns in our world is Keith Isley from North Carolina. 100%. Uh, that guy, he just, of course he opened the doors for me and, uh, my, I'm glad he was significantly older enough that his knees were bad at the time that it worked <laughs> out really well for me because I, I got the trigger I knacked and he let me take it. And I caught a lot of hell for that. Uh, people were like, you copied his act. And I was like, what do you copy his act? But then everybody's like, well, you need to change it and make it your own. I'm like, well, heck it's act of the year. Like, why would you change something that's working? I'd be like, you know, trying to go into Amazon and, you know, be like, Hey, we're, we're not going to carry everything. And like it just, it, one of them deals opened up. But Isley, man, he just, was one of them I go as a specialty actor. There was you guys that I would watch, and Isley was one of them that I could go watch the clown the entire rodeo. When I got done doing my act, I'd go sit on the shoots and watch y'all, you know, do your show. And Isley's one of them. He can say something and make it just or the way he's walking across the arena, whatever it is. He's an entertainer. Yeah, he's a class act in and out of the arena. Yeah, hey, Flint. Awesome. That North Carolina accent is so hard. Hey, Flint <laughs> is Keith Isley. He's, I love that guy. Hey, oh, go. Did you go on vacation? Yeah, we went on vacation with Flint Mill. We went to the Bahamas, and Flint's kind of tight. I mean, Cody Webster's tight, and Flint, Keith, uh, you know, Keith, you know yeah. Cody, yeah. Keith, yeah. Keith is just as tight as Cody. So we went, and it's all-inclusive resort. <clears throat> so Keith's like, oh, well, if it's all-inclusive, that means I've already paid for it, so I'm going to do it. So I'm on the way down here, I'm like, you going snorkeling? He's like, I don't want to snorkel. I don't really like the idea of being under the water. And, you know, well, then like, it's free. You already paid for it. Well, I guess we're going snorkeling, you know? So, like, he, he stayed out later than us dancing, pooping, and hollering. And when we got up the next morning, he was the first guy we saw, except he was already out on the water. We looked across, there goes Keith on water skis just across the water. Uh, <laughs> taking advantage of it. Awesome. Yeah, he was the oldest one on our vacation. We have clowncation. He was the oldest one and stayed up later and partied more than all of us. He's a, that guy, that guy is a talent. He, I mean, he is, uh, yeah, I love that guy. The bitter old bastard. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, real quick. Uh, I told Logan, when I started a lot of you guys that I have on this show, I know really well and where everything, you know, and I said, I think what's fun about John, we are friends, but I don't know the ins and outs of your life. Like you right. came along after I did, but the big thing is I can see a lot of people say, how do you get into this sport? How do you, my family was in it. Your family was in it. You had a natural path 
your grandpa, right? Freckles Brown, the, the, the famous bull rider, Freckles Brown, correct? Correct. Absolutely. So uh, I, he won the world in 62. Uh, and then in, in 1967, got on Tornado, which had been bucked 200 times. And he rode that bull. And uh, so, of course, as a kid, uh, he passed away when I was in third grade. So I knew grandpa as grandpa, not the rodeo guy. You know, he hauled me to the cell barns and like he would leave his piece of paper with me and he'd go get a cup of coffee and he'd come back and I bought three killer cows by waving the flag, you know. And so uh, <laughs> and then he'd haul them to town. He'd laugh. And then next week we'd haul him right back to town and go back to cell barn. But uh, going, rodeo really let me get to know him because the Hadley Barrett's and the Clem McSpadden's and the people that he worked with got to telling rodeo stories about him and stuff. And so I did. I had a natural end. I mean, those announcers that worked, uh, I knew him and I just everybody kind of took to me opened a lot of doors. I tried riding bulls. I realized I wasn't tough enough. Um, I didn't, yeah, it just, you know, you can get a check every time by doing what we do. And I appreciate that. <laughs> I tell kids that all the time. Keep doing this. Yeah. We get paid every night. So. Every single night. Yeah, that... my, my, my family, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Uh, my family roped. So my dad, we grew up in a roping pen. My brother roped, he a tie down roper. And so I was the kid that, uh, got yelled at every time in the rope and pin because like they'd make, they'd go tie a calf and then I had to make two laps of trick riding and they were all like, get the hell out of the way. We're trying to rope. You know? <laughs> so, anyway, now they look back and laugh, you know, like I'm the one making a living and the rest of them, they're done roping or they move from tie down rope to team roping now. So it's a little easier. It's funny. And he'll probably listen to this. You know, I've, you know, my brother, Will, that's the announcer. Yeah. I have another brother, Pete. You maybe don't know Pete, but uh, we joke all the time. Will and I, we, we really didn't want anything to do with rodeo and Pete was a cowboy. He pulled uh, he's wears a cowboy hat every single day of his life. He's on a horse and he's pissed because we're the ones making a living at rodeo and Pete isn't a lot, a lot less work involved with what you're doing than what he's doing. The weather, yeah. like y'all controlled environment. Usually. I mean, yeah, poor Pete. I feel sorry for him. Yeah. And it, yeah. Pete's fine. He's a, he's the judge. He's a judge. He's, he's the really yeah, yeah. So, um, in your county, so that could help you out. Um, yeah, he, not like a PRCA judge. No, like a PRCA he, judge. No, he's like the, the he's the justice of the Pete. He, he, <laughs> but I don't live there anymore. But but yeah, he's yeah. Um, okay, before I let you go, happy New Year to you guys. By the way, happy New Year. As we as we do this. Um, and this is more of a personal, how you approach life. A lot of people, the new year is it's a new year. It's a new start. I'm going to be, maybe I'm jaded or bitter to me. January 1st is a day that there's good football on. and January 2nd. Do you approach, do you guys have these deep views of the new year or is it just a new year in business? What is your new year take? New year, new year's Eve is always fun. We always have a great time. We usually have a bunch of rodeo friends uh, down. Uh, so we built a house that we could host in. So we'll have 22 to whatever, however many people staying staying here to actually have a party. Uh, we didn't light anybody on fire this year, so that was a, a oh, good good year. Yeah. Like, yeah, you have to ask Rumford about that. I've got a video I need to send you of <laughs> with a belly button shot. There's been a few people lit on. I mean, not completely on flaming on fire, but there's burn marks. But the next day, uh, to me means uh gosh starting to prepare taxes that's the one thing uh, you know you got to start over which is never inventory of the store because you know they want to know end of year what uh what you owe them i just no i mean there's no like new year resolution new you uh new me whatever no it's just like back to the grindstone hold, hold on i think you called it a new year's resolution right. there that's a, a word screw up by john harrison he also, he also called my mom a dominant tricks so, i mean he's not i mean words are not his friend <laughs> well you know she is a bit and has a nice areolas so <laughs> she don't know her like i know her you know <laughs> i mean uh, yeah there's things we know oh uh, the little mermaid being at areola that that may go down i'm calling calling my friend brad narducci and richard jones right after this to tell him that you yeah. called Ariel areola he needs John. to get a song that says Ariola in it so I can dance to it. No, no, there's not. It would be from the same box of people he got sucked into. That would be <laughs> oh, my God, John. You, you're a treasure trove of screwed up words. We've been, I mean, man, uh, that guy. Not, he doesn't. 
You know, we have mine was uh, he really talks down to me. He's co- so condensation. He's just. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know you really know what, yes. Condescending. Uh, oh my Condescen- God. Yeah. Yeah. College degree, and I get those guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, you guys, it's um, I love John. It, it, this went a, a good way, like sharing stories of experiences. I, this has been refreshing because honestly, getting towards the end of my arena career, and you get tired and not jaded. I'm not jaded about it. I'm just kind of tired, and I don't do that enough. I think we got to talk about that to remind ourselves. Holy crap, that was really fun and could happen again. I think it's healthy. Well, it, it is healthy. And there's sometimes the things that when shit goes wrong, ends up in the, at the end, what you laugh at, like what truly the good stories of what you have. I mean, when the trailer caught fire with Carla and with the kids in it, and the, you know, and I'm in Alaska doing a rodeo and she's hauling my stuff, like oh. it wasn't pretty at the moment, Flint. Like it was ugly and she was mad because I was supposed to get the bearings packed and I was like, we'll get through the summer. Fine. I, I was going to buy a new trailer. He said, babe, please don't buy a new trailer. We'll get everything fixed. You're going to be fine this summer. I said, John Harrison, if I'm on the side of the road with the kids and the horses and you're in Alaska, I'm going to be so mad. And that's exactly what happened. I don't find by the time John landed back in the lower 48, I had a beautiful new bloomer parked in the, in the yard. So. Serves you right, John, yeah. for going to Alaska. <laughs> very expensive nice job. in Alaska. <laughs> nice job, John. <laughs> I agree. I love the sharing stories. I loved hearing your stories. And I I wish you were here or us there and we could sit all day and exchange stories because that's the best to me. Yeah. I enjoy Someday that. I'll swing in. I'll swing in down there and we'll, or just meet up somewhere where you're at a rodeo that you're working and we'll sit and drink coffee all morning. And I'm right. Yeah. And Carla, I'm glad you slid in because it helps. I think that's healthy. You're, you know, you are a, you're a real major player. When we think of John, we think of Carla as well. And I think that's important. I, uh, that's uh, don't take that for granted. Yeah. Well, thank yeah. you. Thank you, Flint. And I, I have such respect for you and what you do and what you've done for our industry. Wow. So, but I have, you know, this guy gets really nervous to do like, you know, he can speak in front of thousands and this makes him nervous. So he asked that I be right there. <laughs> it's, because. it's just, Hey John, by the way, one more thing, one thing you and I deal with from when we were young and shedding the hat and doing this, we both got this going on. We, yeah. There you go. All the great one. You know what? The uh, Lord, the Lord, Lord made some perfect heads in this world and he put hair on the rest of them. That's I'm <laughs> slow and like, steady. Keep it up. I, but, it's, it's falling out every day. My kids give me a hard time by it. So good. Ah, hell with them kids. Exactly. That's right. Hey, I appreciate you, man. Congrats. Congrats on everything. By the way, I'm proud of you and Thank what you, you do. And, and, uh, told Logan, my, the guy that helps me here before we went on the air, I was sitting right in this chair and I said, you know, the good thing about John Harrison, he's just a class act. He's just a good dude. So well, I appreciate that, man. That means that means a lot. And thank you for opening the door for all the barrel man special decks out there because you truly did kind of kick it open and make it make people realize the importance of our jobs. Well, so thank you. Appreciate your time, buddy. Thank you. Awesome. Appreciate you. Have a good one. Yeah. Yep.